Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, October 21st, 2022. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the new face of video games, Blessing Adioye Jr. What's up, Tim? How's it going? It's going great, Bless. How, how are you? Yeah, I've had better days, Tim. Uh, I came down with a cold after mm-hmm. working with you guys for just one week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, it is what it is. But we have a setup to where I can work from home and still be in the studio virtually with this new setup and it's great honestly like it's really seamless i'm very impressed by this this is it's very very cool obviously testing a lot of things out uh this is a new iteration that we are trying and i'm very excited to get to it i've been seeing a lot of the the uh people call in shows over the the week with ps i love you which you can go watch right now it's the god of war preview with uh, greg and janet or with the x cast uh where we had paris call in where uh mike and barrett and them absolutely crushed their Gotham Knights thoughts so far. So you can check out all those episodes as well. Uh, but bless, how are you feeling? You, you're getting better? Oh yeah, I'm feeling good. Thankfully it was, it, it seems like it's a light cold. Like honestly today I feel way better, almost good enough to where I was like, I could come to the studio, but you know, I wanted to be safe and Play not safe. spread infection uh, toward anybody. But yeah, it's funny. It hit me like, it hit me mid episode of KHD uh, the other day where I was on with Greg and I like, I let out a cough and I was like, Ooh, that cough, that seems a bit more aggressive than my regular cough. Maybe it's the the smoke juice that's getting me. Maybe I'm inhaling too many uh, smoke fumes. But then right after, I was like, hey, Greg, I'm going to go home just in case. And then, yeah, yesterday I woke up and I was like, yep, okay, I'm definitely sick. But today I feel better. God damn it, Kevin. It's one of, <laughs> Kevin's going to infect you too. Uh, but it's one of those ones where like, yeah, by tomorrow I think I'm going to be good and I can't wait to come back uh, uh, next week. But for now, I'm just hanging out, playing these review games. I got all the time in the world to play a lot of games. Let me oh, tell yeah. You. Oh, yeah. And yeah, are you are you participating in review season? Are you playing them games? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I haven't started yet, but I do have my copy of God of War Ragnarok, and this weekend I'm mm-hmm. dedicating because my thing is oh, there's been a lot of stuff going on. Bless, like you know, obviously launching the studio, a lot of things to do, a lot of tweaking, a lot of uh, the business calls, all of that stuff. And I have an hour here, two hours there, and I'm like, I'm not about to start this game and have to stop. You know what I mean? I want to have at least a nice five, six hour stretch to be able to to really get in there and have some fun, but. I'm excited to hear what you have to say because today's stories include God of War previews, including yours, Resident Evil 4 remake previews popping out, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily where each and every weekday we get together live here, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames to talk to you about all the nerdy video game news that you need to know. If you can't watch live, that's totally okay. You can watch it later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames or roosterteeth.com. You can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Games Daily and we'll be right there for you. If you want to get the show ad-free, you got to go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny just like our Patreon producers where are they at? Where are they uh, at? Just Fargo Brady on YouTube. Oh, it's Fargo Brady on YouTube, baby. There we go. There we go. I went off book. I went off book, Bless. I don't know why I did you're that. Free, I you're a freestyle champion. That's what I try to you're do, like, but... You're like MC Jin on 106 and Park in that one season. Oh, my God. Shout out to Jin, man. <laughs> Shout out to Shout Jin. Out. 
I've met him a couple times. Bless. Would you believe me? Me too, actually. Really? <laughs> I've met him before too. Yeah. That is that is awesome. <laughs> he made fun of me because when I introduced myself to Jin, I was like, "Hey, my my." He was like, "Oh yeah, what's your name, man?" I was like, "Oh yeah, my name is Blessing, like from the Bible." And he was like, "Why the fuck would you introduce yourself that way?" And I was like, "I don't know, man. I'm like, nervous. I don't to meet know, you. dude. <laughs> I don't know. You're Jin. I'm here. I'm talking to you." Wait, bless. Is is that an is that a Bible name? Wait, say that again. I was Sorry, saying, I is that a like a biblical name, or do you mean blessing? that as in like? It is a blessing, which is something they talk about in the Bible. Uh, they talk about it in the Bible. Okay, yeah. got it. All right, got it. God, I love it. Speaking of Jin, Jin was in Too Fast, Too Furious. I don't know if you remember he was. that. I do one, remember maybe that. Maybe one day he'll, he'll come back. But, bless, before that, speaking of Fast and Furious, got to show oh off my shirt. Oh, shit. My Vin Diesel shirt, The Vin everybody. Diesel shirt. Kevin, can you give me a one somehow? Is this a, is this a new joint? Oh, my God, look at this angle. Yeah, that was a bad choice of angles. That was my bad. Class. It's not new. I just haven't been able to wear it in front of anybody yet, so I'm, I'm uh, very happy. You wore, it, you wore it that one time where Nick called you out. I, on I it. did. I, I wore it to when when Nick accidentally um, booked a reservation at a sports bar for a, a lunch with Bruce Green. Uh, but this is my first time in front of you, beautiful people. Anyway, enough of all of this stuff. Today we're brought to you by Shopify and Raycon. We'll talk about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen. Usually that's where we smoke it, Kev. I know you don't normally do this show, but that's that that's the big one. That's where we get. Thank you. Thank you very much. A baker's dozen, everybody. Starting with story number one. God of War preview roundup. This comes from Kyle Hilliard at Game Informer saying, the biggest question nobody wants to answer about God of War Ragnarok yet is what happens next. I don't want to ruin that story experience, and I won't, but I'm happy to share that if you think you should be excited for the next chapter or not, the short answer is yes. You absolutely should be excited. Ragnarok picks up almost literally where the last game left off, and in a tradition established as far back as the very first God of War game in 2005, the adventure starts strong. The opening quickly showcases huge production values from expert animators and artists, including Paula Coelho. Isn't that right, Kevin? That's right. Whoa. Very, very exciting stuff. Uh, the opening quickly showcases huge production values from expert animators and artists with multiple sequences that remind me why it takes years to craft these epic experiences. Characters both new and old appear, and the performances continue to be some of the best video games have to offer. One unexpected highlight for me so far has been the dialogue. Mimir joins you from the beginning this time, as opposed to partway through the previous game. The relationship between the three men, Atreus is boy no more, feels something like a stern father, a talented but overzealous kid, and a smart aleck uncle who offers good advice. Uh, so far, God of War Ragnarok's living up to the unfair expectations we've laid at atop its imposing pale shoulders. The first five hours of the game are impressive, but it also manages to feel like the surface has barely been scratched. Uh, this one comes from the homie, Tamor Hussein, over at GameSpot and Giant Bomb. In many ways, Ragnarok is familiar. Thus far, there are no major changes, additions, or subtractions that upend the way it feels or plays. That might not sound terribly exciting for those seeking a transformative experience on the same level as those previous game, as the previous game. However, the intent is clearly to ensure that there is consistency and cohesion between the two. It might seem stupid to point this out, to point out this is a sequel that feels like an extension of its predecessor, but given the time between releases, there was a real chance there could have been drastic distinctions between the two. It happens a lot for various reasons, and you only have to look at the disparities between Last of Us 1 and 2 to see the impact that can have. The long and short of it is that I very comfortably slipped back into actually playing the game, but far from being disappointed by this familiarity, I actually found it helpful in getting immersed in the world of God of War again. Bless, having said all of that, what has been your experience so far with God of War Ragnarok? 
Yeah, you know, I would echo the same thing uh, that Tamora's talking about here in terms of this new game feeling like an extension of the previous one. Of course, uh, I do want to shout out PlayStation. They provided us with codes. Uh, and then also want to shout out the fact that I didn't get to be on uh, PS Love You yesterday because I was sick and I didn't want to ruin my, my throat because I had a sore throat. Uh, and so this will be my my own preview of the first about four to five hours of God of War Ragnarok. And yeah, like jumping back to the point Tamora is making here, right? It feels like su such an extension of the original God of War in the way that... I think my biggest fear going into it was to to uh, was to the idea that God of War Ragnarok would feel like it is just doing more of the same. You know, we talk about it with God of War 2018. We talk about it with The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild and its sequel, right? Hey, how do you iterate on something that felt so fresh and so new and so innovative when it came out, right? Because that's what God of War 2018 did. It came out and it totally redefined what God of War was. It totally redefined it in terms of what the story could be, in terms of what the perspective was, right? You're no longer getting this top-down camera. You're getting, you're getting it behind the shoulder. Totally redefined it in terms of how it felt to play. Gave it gave Kratos a new weapon. It gave him a son. It did all these different things <laughs> that really changed what God of War was. And I think for that, that brings up a tall order for God of War Ragnarok and what that game is able to do in terms of bringing the franchise forward. Uh, and so for a game, 2018, that I think benefited so much from the surprises and from the left turns and from the, oh man, they're going this direction with God of War. Uh, Ragnarok, I think, you know, had greatness to live up to. And so far in the first four hours, I find both, I think, uh, comfort in, in the fact that it feels like I'm picking the controller back up and playing the continuation of that same game. While also just like a tad bit of, oh man, but what's going to be new? Like, what are they hiding from me? What's get, what, what's going to be next, right? And this early in the game, I don't think I've seen that, that much that has been like, oh shit, oh snap, like they're really going, like I've not really had uh, much of that, but it's been very okay because in the parts where I think this game is succeeding so far are in the parts that uh, are like, hey, you know, you have Kratos, you have Atreus, and they have this developed relationship that you saw grow and develop in God of War 2018. You have Mimir as this character who Tamora, uh, or uh, either Tamora or the IGN preview, or uh, Game Informer preview, Game compared Informer. to being Kyle. like... Uh, Kyle, yeah, from Game Informer, compared to be like an uncle, right? That is what it feels like, you know? It is this fun relationship that has entered this next level, and it isn't about uh, introducing us to these characters anymore, right? It isn't our first time seeing Brock and Sindri. It isn't our first time seeing Namir. It isn't our first time being uh, in the Norse world. That means that hopping into the first four hours of God of War Ragnarok, they have the comfortability to, you know, take this table that they've set and now, you know, uh, get comfortable with it and be more refined with it. Hey, like, what does a teenage Atreus act like? What does that relationship look like with, with Kratos? What can we do with the established things that you know uh, in order to take this relationship further, in order to take this, this, this story further? And again, none of it so far feels like it's, you know, blowing my skirt up completely, but I'm having such a good time with it, and I'm so engaged with the story. And in a lot of the ways, a lot of ways, I think the writing even feels more refined and better because this is a God of War that has had everything set up already. So now it's just on them to deliver, if that makes sense to them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I... I... I am so excited for this weekend to be able to to play what you guys just did and uh, hearing you say all this like I am I'm so in and like I'm not surprised by any of the things that I'm, I'm hearing about this in a lot of ways I'm kind of happy that it seems like this is more God of War because God of War to me was a, a masterpiece so if we're just getting more of that I I'm totally totally okay with it because there wasn't too much that I I feel needed to change from that game and 
That game wowed me so much for just being what it was, which is the single camera shot, amazing combat. If we're just getting more of that, I'm super, super excited. How is the the camera so far in this? Like, does it has it wowed you in the way that uh, I was wowed constantly in the first game? I think it keeps that same level of immersion, right? I think it's getting it's getting a lot of the same job done, but there are moments uh, where so far it has been a oh man, okay, they want to. I think they they want to do crazier things in terms of uh you know where the where the story goes or like time jumps or like you know hey let's take this character and put them over here for a second and to do that they have really interesting uh they, they take really interesting creative liberties with what they're doing with the one-shot camera where maybe like somebody takes a uh, takes a nap and like you know fucking like we sleep for eight hours or whatever as regular human beings right but you can't really depict that with a uh, a one-shot camera and so there are moments where it is hey like it almost feels stage play-ish in a, in a way where it mm. is the character goes to sleep, they wake up in that same shot, and now it is time has progressed. You know, they have moments like that that I don't think you got a lot of in, in the first game that they're playing around with here that I do think takes the, the one-shot camera stuff uh, to another level. And uh, to a similar point, uh, I look at gameplay as well in terms of a thing that God of War 2018, you know, established as a, um, a step forward from the God of War games of past. And uh, a lot of that feels the same here too, but in small ways they tweak it and uh find ways to bring it forward in ways that i like you know there's a brand new skill tree with new abilities there's uh now new shields that you can uh, pick up and equip one of the first uh or some of the first shields that you encounter when you uh you talk to brock and Sindri is like a hey you can buy a shield that is good for pairing or you can buy a shield that is easier to use but will maybe not get as much reward out of it and i saw that choice and i was like Oh, give me the parry shield. I want to parry. Like, the parrying sounds fun. Um, you know, they have that. They have uh, abilities now where you can charge up the Leviathan Axe or you can charge up the Blades of Chaos. And with the Leviathan Axe, you're essentially, like, adding in this um, freeze element to it to where it's, like, I'll just call it, like, an overfreeze. Now, if you hit enemies with it, uh, that'll do more damage and freeze them more. And with the Blades of Chaos, it's the opposite thing where you apply this, like, fire quality to it to where you power it up and now it has a different effect when you hit enemies uh, with it as well. Um, and so they're doing these, they're doing these small uh, things to combat that I think does make it more engaging. And the enemy, the enemy variety this time around, I think, is a bit better um, in terms of the fact that I've not fought... I've not fought one troll uh, in a mini boss fight so far. All the mini bosses seem uh, varied and diverse, and I've not had any repeats so far. And I really like that because that was one of my complaints from God of War 2018. You know, I got bored by the time I got to my fourth or fifth troll boss. Um, yeah, <laughs> they, they they've gotten better about that uh, this time around too. And so, yeah, there there have been all these small refinements that I, I think have taken it a step forward. And the story is carrying it all. The writing is is really good so far, and I'm. Uh, you know, I, I wrote into the PS Love You with this, uh, talking about this as well, but I can't wait to see where every single story turn takes me. Like, I'm, whenever I'm not playing, I'm antsy to get back to see what happens next. Fantastic, man. I cannot wait as well, and I'm sure so many people watching right now feel the exact same way. Uh, but there's a lot to be excited about in the video game world. Bless, yesterday, uh, there was a Resident Evil showcase. We got a whole bunch more from Resident Evil 4 Remake, uh, which they are just calling Resident Evil 4. So that leads us to... Story number two with our Resident Evil 4 preview roundup. Uh, Dale Driver at IGN says, During my play session, which began at the very start of the game and concluded just after the villager onslaught, everything felt equal parts incredibly familiar and unsettingly different. The sequence of events was almost identical, but the graphical and design improvements made locations feel noticeably more lived in, claustrophobic, and haunting to explore. 
Despite my experience with the original, I still found myself nervously tiptoeing around every corner with the anticipation that at any moment something unexpected could happen. Much like in 2002's Resident Evil remake, elements were strategically organized to subvert my expectations. A highlight in that remake uh, of the original was the early fake-out that preyed on fans' memory of the dog smashing through the window, which doesn't happen when you expect it to. That was amazing, by the way. Uh, with the Resident Evil 4 remake, I experienced similar twists in my short playthrough. What Resident Evil 4 does feel incredibly familiar, through, uh, though, is in its combat. As mentioned previously, with Capcom remaking its classic library based on the ideas pioneered by RE4, it was only inevitable that this game would feel the most familiar. Controlling Leon still feels exactly like you'd expect, and he even maintained some of his iconic moves from the original. It was only a matter of seconds before I instinct instinctually began shooting at kneecaps and lining up roundhouse kicks, just like Greg Miller, uh, knocking down anyone in proximity. The muscle memory instantly kicked in, and it all felt extremely satisfying. Uh, Kurt Indo Indovina from GameSpot says, Resident Evil 4 Remake doesn't feel like it's aiming to revolutionize games the way the original did 17 years ago. Instead, Capcom's doubling down on what's made RE4 timeless all these years later. Its design, its tension, and of course, Leon S. Kennedy. In doing so, its goal is to emphasize what remains great while fine-tuning it with everything the franchise has learned in its 26 years of existence. I'm so excited for this game. I love that people that clearly love it are loving it. I saw Brian Altano, who is, I would say, the biggest fan I know of Resident Evil 4, um, giving it a lot of praise as well. So that's all I kind of need to know to know that this is in good hands, which is not a surprise, bless, right? We got Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3. I know not everyone's cup of tea. I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, but getting to Resident Evil 4 is so exciting to me because I always preferred 2 over 3. And so a remake of three, of course, I wasn't going to like it as much as two. But then you get to four and you're like, this is where things get real special, real different. And I know you've had um, some issues with RE4 um, because you didn't play it back in the day. And trying to play it over and over over the years, you kind of feel like it, it, it doesn't hold up the way people talk about it. Hearing this, what's your hype level for this? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. And my, my argument has always been that. I really want a Resident Evil 4 remake because the remake of that game, I think, would smooth out all the parts of that game that I think don't age as well. And that's mainly just the controls, right? For me, it is the the tank controls in Resident Evil 4 that make it hard to go back to in, in modern day. And that's even a game that, you know, I've tried going back to over the years. Like, I remember I went to a friend's house back in, like, 2005, and they had RE4 on PS2. And even then, I was like, oh, this game seems cool. And uh, for whatever reason, I just wasn't able to get into it in the same way. Now, having gone through playing, you know, RE, RE7, RE8, playing RE2, and RE2 being, uh, you know, one of my games of the year that year that it came out, playing that, playing RE3, now I've gone through so much Resident Evil, I, I am so ready to hop back into resident evil 4 but a remade version of resident evil 4 like seeing the gameplay that they, they they showed off yesterday it looks gorgeous it looks really cool i like the fact that uh they're having in some uh, surprises and changes here you know i think the big one being the what the the dog that you encounter early on in resident evil 4 that is trapped in the bear trap that you can free in that game uh they showed off that like hey you get there and the dog's fucking dead which is like gruesome and horrible and kind of fucked up but also What's the story there? Like, is that going to come back and uh, around in a way that makes sense narratively, or is it DLC. Just dead? You think it's going to be DLC? Yeah, we'll get we'll get the whole spinoff that leads to that. No. We oh, won't. you get to play, you play as the not. dog, get the full backstory. <laughs> but yeah, like stuff like that makes me curious. I'm I'm excited to, to check it out. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited and just man, bless. What a time to be alive, where we're getting so many amazing 
uh, original IPs, sequels to things, and just remakes are just absolutely crushing it, man. Like I hope, like we just did the preview for um, Dead Space remake on Gamescast a couple days ago. That got me even more excited than I was for that. And it's like we're about to be eaten in 2023 yeah. when it comes to some of the best games of all time, specifically the best horror games of all time, being remade uh, for modern consoles with semi-modern sensibilities. I'm extremely excited. I mean, for that. and it's been a 12-month period. You know, we just got Last of Us uh, remake, Last of Us Part One. We're about to get Dead Space remake. We uh, we're about to get Callisto Protocol, which isn't a remake, but it is like a hey, here's a modern version of Dead Space as well. We're gonna get Resident Evil Four remake. Like that's a lot right there, right? Let alone uh, you know the Silent Hill announcements that just happened. Of course, we're not gonna get that in soon, but you know we're gonna get a lot of Silent Hill in the future sometime. We're getting if you just want to talk about horror in general, you're getting uh, the oh, I always forget the name of it, the Devil in Me, the next Dark Pictures thing. Mm. We're getting that in about a month or so uh there's a lot for horror fans right now and horror fans are eating uh and so yeah we're in a very exciting time tim did you get to check out the resident evil showcase that happened yesterday uh no i, I mean i just skimmed through some of the the things the re4 stuff was what i i was mainly uh, excited about gotcha i was gonna ask for your like what your what your anticipation levels are for the resident evil 8 dlc pretty low honestly it, it just yeah. I, I feel like it's a timing thing like i i would have um been a lot more antsy to get into village dlc closer to village's launch i liked village a lot i think i liked it more than anyone else here and um i, I it's one of those things where i if people are saying oh it's really good and when, when it comes out then i'll probably be a little more motivated to to get to it but there's just so many games coming out right now where it's like you know then you have the options of playing things like God of War or soon to be bless Sonic mm -hmm. Frontiers. Oh my God! I don't know. I don't know <laughs> I that I can make my it. time. You know. <laughs> Cannot wait for it. Um, where, you, where, 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 where are you at with, with Sonic Frontiers? Because it's funny because you know we don't we don't we don't have the game yet, mm -mm. Um, which is normal. But also now that I actually have like God of War Ragnarok in my hands, I have a lot of other games in my, in my hands right now that we're reviewing. I keep blocking out the fact that Sonic Frontiers is around the corner like that game can come in to our like inboxes at, at any moment any moment like are, are you but nervous also, are you scared are you excited oh, let me put it this way bless i don't expect we're gonna get the game any moment i expect we're gonna no? get the game what what's the release date i think we're gonna get it uh then it's the day before <laughs> god of war ragnarok i believe so i think the eighth yeah you think we're gonna get it the eighth I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we get it the like sixth or something. Like I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I don't. I I I, I don't remember. Like, I'm trying to think back to like how Sega normally does things, and I I don't know that there's any pattern to to look at. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. But, okay. I, but like all that shit aside, I am excited for Sonic Frontiers. Like we've both played it. There's enough in it that is what we like about Sonic. There's a lot of stuff that I'm a little trepidatious about. But hey, of course. we'll see. You know? That's Sonic. That's part. It's part of the journey. That's you gotta, part you gotta of the be journey, man. About it. Part of the journey. Uh, moving on to story number three. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet's NPCs are getting a big change. This comes from Casey Defridis at IGN. Everyone knows if you make eye contact with another Pokemon trainer, you must battle them. At least that's been the rule for generations until now in pokemon scarlet and pokemon violet you'll have to actively choose to talk to an npc to battle them we had the chance to go hands-on with the upcoming pokemon games which we wrote about in our detailed scarlet and violet hands-on preview you can check that out on ign uh, and in the session learned more about some new mechanics including the removal of mandatory trainer battles to be clear there may be areas where npc battles are forced but in general the rule we've all grown accustomed to making memes about is no more in scarlet and violet 
Uh, when we first encountered an NPC in our hands-on session, the NPC did not initiate a battle or dialogue when we walked in front of them. Nintendo reps specified that the icon above the trainer's head signified they would battle us, but only if we initiated by talking to them first. And that's how it would be throughout the rest of the game. This may seem like an astronomically small change, but it has big implications. Generally, a gauntlet of NPCs in older games, random wild Pokemon encounters, increase the perceived difficulty of an area, forcing players to prepare for the slew of battles to come or else retreat when their Pokemon become worse for wear. Doing away with both mandatory trainer battles and random Pokemon encounters removes the barrier to exploration. Any thoughts on huh. this, Bless? I'm more curious on your thoughts because I think you're... I, I would say that you're probably more of a hardcore Pokemon fan between the, the, the two of us. I've come to accept that Pokemon as a franchise is... It's aimed way more toward the casual player than the, the hardcore player, right? And I think... I would assume that this is another step towards that. Hey, you know, random encounters and like forced battles might uh, create another barrier for pe for new people wanting to get into the game and just enjoy the game for what it is. Let's remove that. Let's make this game an easier uh, uh, game for people to explore in, especially since this is being touted as the first open world Pokemon mainline game. Maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah, let's let people go whatever direction they want and be able to explore areas they want and not feel like they're super underleveled and unable to actually ex ex uh, experience that freedom because of that. You know, I'd imagine that maybe that has part, a part to do with it, along with, yeah, let's um, create less barriers just for new players in general to not get stomped by a fucking, I don't know, a Snorlax that another trainer has. It's level 50 for some reason. You have a level 5 Charmander. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. I, I feel like this is the type of change that we'll just have to see in action of, like, how do they balance the rest of the game? Because I feel like my first concern would be like those the trainer trainers in the previous games kind of feel like a necessary part of the balance of getting you leveled where you need to be to face certain gym leaders once you get to them and then the random pokemon encounters around that were kind of just the grind to help you out more that you uh to like if you were having issues or trouble or if you wanted to like be extra powerful um because like how i play pokemon it's like i always feel like there aren't enough trainers you know what i mean like i, I want mm. i wish we could redo some of the battles i know sometimes you can but like um especially in like the earlier gens it's like once you go through and face all these trainers you're really just able to go out go walk around and get the random encounters and like that can get grindy in a in a way that i think we've just moved past so i'm interested how they're going to balance that with the rest of the game um i imagine that they have an answer for that like i and also it allows people to go back and if they had those issues they can just go back and um ask the people to battle them or whatever it is so um this is one of those moves that i it doesn't affect me because when i play this i am going to fight every trainer because yeah that's what i like to do but options i guess why not as long as they're they're balanced later nothing bad about this What's your general excitement right now for Pokemon Sc uh, Scarlet and Violet? It's another one that I feel like I block out as well. Not in, it's not in the Sonic way of like, you know, I'm, I'm scared to face the reality of the Sonic game probably being bad. Uh, but like with Pokemon, you know, I feel like we get so we get so many Pokemon at such a rapid pace that like now I'm like, oh yeah, there's another one around the corner. Okay, cool. Like I'm, uh, I'll play it and I'll have fun with it and then I'll move on, move on with my life. But with this one, you know, you're getting an open world. You're getting, you know, they talked about the three different like I think narrative paths where it is you can do you can you can do these things in any order and you have like more freedom in how you ap approach the game's uh, various storylines um you know that sounds new that sounds cool again you have you have it in a new region right you i forget the name of the region but like you have new pokemon you have it having you have it having those tradi traditional pokemon trappings in that way as well like are you excited for pokemon scarlet you know i'm i'm really sad to say i've never been less excited for a pokemon game to the point that i don't know if i'm going to beat this one 
Like, I feel like this might be wow. the first new gen of Pokemon that I, un unless it wins me over, I, I feel like I've just had a lot recently. And I, you know, at some point, it's I, I need to realize that they're not giving me what I want. And that's okay, because they're giving millions of other people what they want. And hopefully, I can find some things to love in this one. But from what they're showing so far, I'm not expecting it. And, and even if it's not even so much about this one as much as i'm just burned out on pokemon there's just been a lot of it and um the me and you had such a bad experience with the gen 4 remakes that it yeah. just really soured pokemon for me so um we'll see what was the last time pokemon really hit for you because it sounds like you know from doing our previews slash reviews of uh pokemon the one that came out at the top of the year that was the older pokemon uh region Legends, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Yeah. Uh, from Pokemon Legends Arceus, it sounded like you weren't into that. From I wasn't. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Pearl, it sounded like you, uh, we weren't into that. Mm -hmm. You know, did what? Did Sword and Shield get you in? Like, what was the last Sword time you're like, yeah, fuck yeah, Pokemon? So, Sword and Shield had things that I liked about uh, about it for sure. I had a good time with it, but I feel like uh, it wasn't as like some of the things that excited me most. I feel like the problem with Pokemon is it iterates so slowly that like even when there's one cool new thing. It's like, oh, man, the next one's going to be great. But then when you get to the next one, it kind of just feels like they had one other new thing that's like, oh, the next one. And that's why this this Scarlet and Violet seem to be combining a lot of the things that I'm talking about, uh, like the uh, the wild area being bigger and like the, the all the stuff from Legends and the multiple story paths. Like all that stuff sounds great. But the last Pokemon game that I truly was like, I'm having a great time this in, like throughout the entire journey was Sun and Moon. Yeah, Sun and Moon um i really enjoyed the breaking up the format instead of having the gyms having the trials i don't think they all were done perfectly but i had a great time playing that game and i didn't feel burned out x and y was great as well uh before that i feel like x and y was like a fun getting back to it moment for a lot of people playing pokemon um so yeah i, I would say it was back then which is not that long ago but you named a lot of games uh in yeah. between that right so i feel like that's kind of like the the burnout started with sword and shield and then we've had multiple games since then that i've kind of been let down by personally um but i i hope this game is awesome i'm always going to be rooting for pokemon i want the games to be fantastic and i want the players to love them like i really really do and i think that um pokemon company is capable of putting out killer games that satiate the needs of their fan base for some reason it seems like they don't like doing that that often uh and that can get really frustrating mm -hmm. Is there is there a thing like what is the thing Pokemon company can do to Pokemon to get Tim Gettys back on 100% and do you think there's a reality where they actually do that thing uh, anything is possible these days and uh there's been so many projects that have happened that I I have just been blown away by um it's just surely existing so it's possible I think it's highly unlikely and what I would want is like so cliche, but it's like, I just want something that is a little more grown up. I want a franchise that I grew up with to grow up with me. And a lot of people out there would be like, it's for kids. It's like, yeah, keep making it for kids, but then also you can make it. So it's for other people too. look at so many other IP that do similar things. Right. Um, I'd like, look at Marvel. Marvel can be for adults or for kids. And Iron Man can have a kid cartoon, but can also have an adult movie. And both could also work for adults and kids, yeah. depending on whatever it is. So, I think that Pokemon um, has proven that it can have, and when I say adult, I, I, I'm not even talking about, I don't need it to be gritty and whatever, but like just have a story that like makes you think just a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, like add something that isn't. Like you're looking for something that the whole family can enjoy as opposed to something that feels so targeted to uh, like the youngest audience. Yeah, but what I would want personally is I would want something that is targeted towards me, towards 
older people, right? Because yeah, they're all somebody who's a nerd, somebody who's a fan, somebody who has the nostalgia, right? Like there's something there that you can capitalize on. Yeah. And I don't think we're ever going to get that. Um, but hey, maybe, maybe we'll maybe. have to wait. We'll have to see. Um, but before we do all that, let me tell you, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to get this show ad free. But for everyone else, here's a word from our sponsors. Shout out to Shopify, the way that we and Rooster Teeth have powered the Kind of Funny store for years, and we absolutely love it. You can get this shirt there right now. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Start selling with Shopify and join the platform, simplifying commerce for millions of your favorite businesses worldwide. Shopify has all the sales channels sorted, so your business keeps growing from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify and you will too. Shopify makes selling simple so you can put yourself and your ideas out there. When you're ready to launch your thing into the spotlight, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform backing millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Go on, try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash kfgames, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash AF games to start selling online today. S H O P I F Y dot com slash K F games. Next up, shout out to Raycon. I'm excited to tell you all about their new Raycon gaming series. The gaming series consists of two staple gaming audio products, the wireless gaming earbuds that are compact, portable, and universal, or the wireless gaming headphones that are comfortable and immersive. The HyperSync low latency technology lets you hear what you see lag-free. That's always great for games. Of course, because no gamer's just a gamer, Raycon's gaming series is just as perfect for music, podcasts, and crystal clear phone calls. Personally, I'm a huge fan of bumping these with a haptic vibration it's the extra type of way that I like to live. It keeps me extra immersed in all of the sound. As always, you get a 30-day Raycon happiness guarantee with free shipping and returns. No questions asked. They also offer buy now, pay later options. So stay on the winning team and go to buyraycon.com kinda today to get 15% off your Raycon order. You'll also get $20 off Raycon's gaming earbuds or $10 off their gaming headphones. That's buyraycon.com kinda to score 15% off and even more savings. Buyraycon.com slash kinda. Plus, this October, Raycon's got some special pricing up to $20 off. Don't miss out. Buyraycon.com slash kinda. Before we get to story number four, there's a couple fun little tech things I want to talk about. Bless, I noticed that when you put your hand towards the camera, things get a little oh terrifying. That's awesome. Like this is some final destination shit. I hate it. That's amazing. I also love how I'm just like a tad bit too large. Just a tad. We talked we, we talked about it and I believe Bless said he likes it this way. I do. Yeah. Can we make me bigger by any chance? I can make you can as big like, as you want, buddy. Can I turn into a kaiju? <laughs> This is the with too much oh, power. Oh, I'm wait. a kaiju. Oh, <laughs> taking over kind of funny. <laughs> this is awesome. Holy shit. I told All you right, now this is freaking crazy out. technology. I told you we could do whatever you want. Bro. And, and I do also want to give a shout out to, to Kevin realizing before the show started that he can't cut to the, the jib shot because it would reveal like that blessing is just a floating thing. So he came up with a uh, another a solution to to give Ke to give bless the one. So like go to the one, Kev. Oh, sorry. So oh, in order for this amazing. to happen, 
there needs to be two blesses. So that this is a different bless. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta love it. Gotta love it. Also, fun. also, if you if you notice me tripping up as I'm speaking today, it's because whenever Kev cuts to the one, I get so tripped out because I'm like, oh shit, that's like, because I'm usually I'm talking to Tim on the Discord call, right? And like I'm used, I'm like, it feels like I am talking to Tim, but when it cuts to me, I'm like, okay, well now I'm talking to myself, but I'm talking to myself who's more delayed, and so now it's just like fucking up my brain entirely. You gotta love it. It's really cool. Story though. number. Or Platinum publicly backs Bayonetta's new voice actor. This comes from Chris Scullion at BGC. Platinum Games has publicly stated its support for Bayonetta's new voice actor while also attempting to diffuse the ongoing debate around the role's previous performer. Last week, Helena Taylor, who voiced Bayonetta in the first two games, posted a series of videos on Twitter asking fans to boycott the third game, claiming she was offered an insulting fee to reprise her role. Sources then disputed Taylor's claims, suggesting the fee offered was higher than she alleges, while Bayonetta's new voice actor, Jennifer Hale, posted a statement expressing her hope that everyone involved may resolve their differences in an amicable way, amicable and respectful way. Although Platinum Games Vice President Hideki Kamiya posted a series of tweets about the ongoing controversy, a public statement attributed to the company itself had yet to be posted until now. So this comes from Platinum Games. We at Platinum Games offer our sincerest appreciation to everyone who has contributed to creating the Bayonetta series over the years, as well as the community that has served as its foundation. We give our full support to Jennifer Hale as the new Bayonetta and align with everything in her statement. We ask people to please refrain from any further comments that would disrespect Jennifer or any of the other contributors to this series. <sighs> Bless, I can't wait to stop talking about this. Yeah, and I, I think this, the, we're starting to wind down on it, right, of, of what the narrative of, of the story is, right? Um, it's such a mess. You know, me and Greg talked about it a couple days ago just in terms of, man, uh, like, uh, the, the way this devolved into a he said, she said situation of, all right, was she lying or did, was she misinformed? Like, uh, uh, sucks the position that Jennifer Hill's in and all this of, like, yeah, yeah. You're, the new, you're the new Bayonetta, and now, like, you want to you have things to say you want to say these things but you're nda on these things but you want to let people know that you're not ignoring them like there, there, there's so much in here that is like ah man it kind of sucks for all the people involved this is one of those things that you would have hoped could have been settled privately right like uh, behind closed doors but now it is just being dragged into the public of people now having to point fingers back and forth um but it is nice to have a platinum state statement on it right i think you know it came a little bit later and like seeing the reports i kind of get why it came a little bit later because it's very much the case of like hey you know we think we're in the right we have we have things that like would you know disprove all the things that she's saying but legally we can't necessarily say all these things so now all we can really say is like hey we support jennifer hill we support you know our people yada 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 um but yeah dude like this whole this whole this whole scenario sucks i think the thing that you know you can still stay true on is the fact that hey you know, voice actors should get paid. Voice actors should get paid better than they typically are because it is still an issue. <laughs> oh, there's a tiny me that popped up over there. Uh, <laughs> voice actors should get paid than they, than they typically are because, of course, like voice acting in general, from all the stories we've heard, doesn't necessarily get the uh, credit and worth that uh, is deserved. But at the same time, yeah, like when it comes to stories like this, always, always be careful with it. Be careful with like, the the comments you're listening to be careful with like going on the internet and just spouting out uh random bullshit if you're not all if you're not all the way in the know on the random bullshit um and i don't know give people their space to figure shit out i guess yeah it's rough but hopefully this is the end of it but we'll see it's, we'll see. Uh, it's the world that we live in so it's probably not uh but moving on to story number five 
Pilot Wing 64's new frame rate is breaking the game. This comes from Ryan Leston at IGN. An improved frame rate on Pilot Wing 64 is causing problems on Nintendo Switch. The classic flight sim came to Nintendo Switch Online via the expansion pack earlier this month, boasting an improved frame rate. The classic... Hold on, wait. Compared to the original N64 release, unfortunately, it's making certain parts of the game unplayable. I thought I was doing something wrong or the buttons were mapped weirdly, said IGN's Pear Schneider, who's been playing Pilot Wing 64. They have to patch it. It's just not fun this way. Although most of the game is unaffected, problems arise during the Birdman bonus stage. Usually a relaxing tour of the island, allowing players to take pictures and soak up the atmosphere, the Birdman stage is renowned for its calm, laid-back gameplay. The player suits up with a large set of wings, hitting the A button occasionally to keep the Birdman in the air. Unfortunately, the timing of these flaps was originally tied to the game's frame rate, so you can see where this is going. The Nintendo Switch Online version of Pilot Wing 64 require manic m button mashing just to keep the Birdman airborne, transforming the previously relaxing stage into a stressful feat of endurance. <laughs> the level can still be played, especially... <laughs> they stole the relaxing moment, Tim. They took it. <laughs> especially if alternating between the A and B buttons to flap, but it's not quite the same sedate experience as the original. Hopefully Nintendo will address this in an update. God, I love this story. Bless. If you're if you're an audio listener, I implore you to come watch the video version to see the example being made uh, live. Shout out to the Twitter user that posted this. Of like, yeah, this relaxing stage that's supposed to be laid back and easy. He's This person is tapping away. He's trying their hardest to pass the stage, and they just fucking fly into a, a wall. God bless... Nintendo for not just not giving a fuck about making any sort of thing having to do with emulation or uh, like being able to play legacy games work. They don't care. <laughs> They're just like, oh no, man, shovel this emulator. Hey, Nintendo, should we do anything to make sure these games run well? No, just shovel it onto the platform. I mean, it, you know? it, it seems like they're going back and fixing these things, right? Like all the problems that we've like, well, let's keep an eye on this. Do they fix this? Because it's it's one of those weird things where it's like there's problems and people need to find the problems. And be like, oh, there's an issue with it, you know? And but it keeps happening. Like, did nobody try this? Because here's the thing: it'd be one thing if it's like, oh yeah, these small bugs, these small uh, glitches happen. Oh man, you know how. Are we supposed to figure this out? One of the one of the one of the stages of the game just doesn't work. But but, but it's a bonus stage, right? Like I kind of feel like this is for like the hardcore people who love this game, like Pear Schneider, and they're feeling like, man, I've been playing this game for the last forty years, and they're fucking it up. They're fucking it up, man. I'm looking for my relaxation. I just want to be a little bird man. You know, I've been there. We've all been there. God, I've been there, man. God, so, again, God bless Nintendo. They'll, I'm sure they'll fix this, but it's hilarious that this is the case. Because, again, like we talked about this. I feel like we keep having this conversation with Nintendo Switch Online and the N64 games that, like, oh, man, uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is out, and, like, the fucking Water Temple looks weird when you're fighting Shadow League for whatever reason. Oh, man, this thing is weird in Mario 64. Oh, man, like... I, I think the hit the, I feel like the hits keep coming for the games in Nintendo Switch Online. Uh -huh. And honestly, like they're not that big of hits, because let's be real, right? I'm the number one Nintendo 64 fan here. And like I, I ain't playing these games like, like that, right? Like who how many people are really being affected by this shit? Oh, what's going on here? Oh great. Uh, is this Snow Mike Mike? Oh, what's up, Snow Mike Mike? How's it going, Snow Mike Mike? Little uh it's, ghost oh, detection. Oh, he's back in his, they're all oh, they're oh, back. God, they're doing the thing God, again. Sorry. Tim, do you remember? In like Cartoon Network or just in other cable channels where you would have other shows invade like the lower third, and it'd be like, oh yeah, by the way, like a new episode of Sonic is coming. Stay tuned for that. <laughs> <laughs> this is like what? The, did you start to read? We're gonna bust. We're gonna bust this ghost, everybody. We're gonna bust this. We're ghost. busting them on Twitch and YouTube right after this when they're done nerding it up, nerds. 
Oh, bless, I do remember that. I do remember that much simpler time. Oh. Well, that's pretty much that. That's pretty much that for us. Holy great cow. Toys. Yeah. Great toys. Yeah, God. I love this. But, I love but this yeah, so much. To finish up my point, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure I'm sure it's a very small crowd that is being affected by this one level in Pilot Wings, Nintendo 64 for Nintendo Switch Online not working the way it's supposed to. It just hurts my heart. It <laughs> that, hurts my heart. I, I, I Nintendo get Nintendo doesn't care enough to be like, hey, somebody in QA play through this whole game for us yeah. before we put it out on the platform. Some, get to the relaxing part. Yeah, I bet you there's some kid right now that's super sad and being like, I, I played through so much of the whole game. I just didn't know anyone would. I just didn't know that anyone would get <laughs> the bonus. I didn't know there were bonus stages. <laughs> oh, man. Will Nintendo ever fix their problems? QA test the re relaxing parts of other video games? Bless. I don't know. But to answer that question so far away, if I want to know what's coming to Mom and Grop Shops today, where would I look? You would look toward the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. There's a jingle. I don't think we have the audio yeah. set in this thing, but I, I, it's missing. God damn it. I hit the button. I was really excited. Going, I hit oh, the we button. have it. We have it. <laughs> I don't even know where it was. A media source, you think? Probably. Yeah, maybe. Interview. Oh, uh, me and Bless say that. We don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. What does a media I don't source know what your sound right? look like an OBS? <laughs> Sounds right. Oh, today. Oh, they can. Yeah. There you go. Uh, out today, Gotham Knights on PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Let me know when it's done. It's done. Oh, fantastic. Gotham Knights is out. New Tales from the Borderlands on PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Persona 5 out. Royal on PS5, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. JoJo Siwa Worldwide Party. Hey, it's finally out. We did it, everybody. We did it, everyone. It's, it's everywhere. Um, she Wants Me Dead on Switch. Tape, Unveil the Memories on PS4. Faith, The Unholy Trinity on PC. Monster Prom 3, Monster Road Trip on PC. Void Scrappers on PC. And wait, Void Scrappers. You're thinking of Void Bastards. I am. Uh, Taylor Swift's Midnight. Midnight's is out. And uh, I'm happy that's on this list. <laughs> Very happy, thank you, bless. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. I, well, legitimately, that is not a blessing bit. That is a, I went to the websites that I usually compile the video game releases from, and VGreleases.com had that on there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, somebody on VGreleaselist.com really wanted the world to know about the new Taylor Swift album, which you should know about, because, of course, Taylor Swift, you know, very amazing artist. Go uh, listen to her album. Is it on Spotify? Did she put out music on Spotify now? I know there was a period where she didn't. Yeah, she's back. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Kevin, did you just accidentally play the music? Is that what just happened? I don't know how you would know that. I want to make that clear. I don't <laughs> understand how you would know No, that. I heard it. <laughs> oh, now, now I hear it. Hears. Now everyone hears it. I go. hear it. Yeah, it took a second to, to sort out. We got... Uh, Tim? Yeah! What do you think... What do you think JoJo Siwa Worldwide Party is? That's an excellent question. Kevin, do we have the means? Do we have the capability? Do we have the power? To look up JoJo Siwa's Worldwide Party. Oh, man, we got the power to do all kinds of things. Remember we turned Bless into a ghost while the ghost hunters chased him? <laughs> I went crazy. That was crazy. That was a crazy time. That really was. That really, really was. I would love to see this, though. Because, yeah, Bless, what do you, what do you think up. it is? 
I mean, just the title alone makes me think of like uh, the Michael Jackson experience, the uh, like all those singy songy games that like are that take after one specific uh, uh, Michael artist. Jackson so I'm gonna go experience. With that. I don't even yeah, know the Michael is. Jackson. Uh, I believe that was the Wii game, right? Kind of funny.com slash you're on. Do I have that title correct? Um, I would think that it's a karaoke game. I think you're singing karaoke, mm. JoJo Siwa songs. Gotcha. My question is, listen, I know I'm young. I'm not young enough to be totally familiar with JoJo Siwa's catalog. Does JoJo Siwa even sing <laughs> is my question. I know JoJo Siwa was on Disney Channel, which means that they probably sing. Tim, your but guess? I'm not positive. Uh, my, my guess, I mean, you know, this reminds me a lot of Britney's... Um, dance beat back on the ps2 era of things which i rented too many times for blockbuster if i'm being completely honest with myself um i'm uh, hoping that it's a, a bad rhythm game you audio, know what i mean audio on or off um let's go let's go off okay just to be safe oh wow okay oh wow okay oh damn this is uh, a lot of mobile vibes right there's a uh, Wait, was George's he with Nickelodeon, not Disney? Okay, oh, this is so a platformer. It's like an endless runner platformer, it looks like. But there might be an end. I feel like you add... Oh, oh there's some rhythm elements. Yeah, so it looks like it might be like a, more of like a rhythm platformer. Kind of like the, the, the music levels in, in Rayman, Origins, and Legends. But probably not as good, but maybe that's just me hating. I think that's you hating, bro. Yeah, I I'm sorry. See, I'll, I'll, see... I'll, I'll, side on, I'll side with you. This is probably not as good. <laughs> this doesn't look that great. I well, think you guys should sit, get Switch key uh, and t- try it out. What makes sense to me. Yeah, it's available now, so, like so you can check it out. Happen. Stream it up. New dates for you. Mario Party and Mario Party 2 are coming to the Switch Online expansion pack on November 2nd. I wonder if this will have the opposite problem, you know, where they pilot wings relaxing moment turn stressful button mash will they take the stressful button mash and make the mini games relaxing we'll have to uh, yeah we'll have to see on november sure 2nd frame, my question is what are the chances that one of these mini games in these games isn't fucked up i don't think I, there's I'm that gonna, many mistakes i'm gonna say at least one mini game is gonna be fucking weird i'm this, gonna say uh, uh, <laughs> top. i'm gonna say no i'm gonna say no no okay no all right and i bet you a uh, spicy chicken sandwich of your choosing. From Popeyes? Popeyes or Jollibee. Up to you. Oh, um, okay. okay. All right, I'll take that bet. Okay. Wait, Deal. Bless, have you had the spicy chicken sandwich from Jollibee's? He's the one that put oh, me yeah. on. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Damn, I'm wild. I, I need to try it, guys. Can I oh, you haven't it? had it? No, no, no. Either oh. way, either way, I'd love to get one. Whoever wins. <laughs> uh, Kerbal Space Program 2 will launch in early access on February 24th, 2023. Um, and now it's time for a little bit of reader mail. You can write into kindoffunny.com slash KFGD to get your questions read on the show, just like Dalton Tucker, a.k.a. Triforce Power. Now that you've had your hands on a portion of God of War Ragnarok, do you feel more or less confident in where it'll stand when it comes to award season? Bless. Ooh, this is a good question. It is. More or less confident on where it'll stand in rewards than award season. I think, given the year that we've had, I think God of War Ragnarok will be in very good standing. Um, I think its biggest its biggest enemy is going to be Elden Ring. And I think the biggest conflict that people are going to have when it comes to outlet per outlet giving it a game of the year, right? And of course, this is me still speaking from just playing the first four hours. Who knows? Maybe the game just takes from here. I have no idea. Um, but I think... Or maybe the game, like, you know, gets crazy from here. I don't know either way. Um, but I think the the thing that Elden Ring has going for it is the fact that it felt like something big 
innovative, brand new. I've never played a game like this before. Like, obviously, we played Souls games, but Elden Ring being this gigantic open world Souls game, like open world action RPG that, like, you know, had so much content just packed into that thing. Like, that content was all fucking quality as hell, right? Like, Elden Ring felt like something brand new. Whereas God of War, Ragnarok, so far at least, feels like way more God of War 2018. And I think it's going to work so well for the people that, one, love that kind of game, and then also, you know, were fans of God of War 2018. And of course, God of War 2018 won hella Game of the Year awards, right? I think... I, I, I think God of War Ragnarok is going to get Game of the Years from some outlets. But I think Elden Ring is going to be the, the one game that's going to steal it away from, like, maybe maybe the majority of outlets. Like, I don't know. I think it's really going to depend on uh, who you're talking to. Like, I'm still of the mind that I think it's kind of funny. God of War Ragnarok might win our Game of the Year. And that's just purely for the sake of, you know, me and Andy fucking love Elden Ring. That's probably going to be our number ones. Uh, you know, I know Mike loved Elden Ring. I think Barrett loved Elden Ring. Like, we have a handful of people here that loved Elden Ring. But I think everybody here is going to love God of War, right? I think that's the difference is that God of War is going to be in all of our top twos, top threes, whereas Elden Ring is only going to be on half our list because Elden Ring is that kind of game. I think that might reverberate, you know, across the industry where you're going to have some outlets where people are maybe fighting for it or you're going to have some outlets where most of the people there did play Elden Ring. They're like, yeah, no, this is the one. But God of War is just a game that I think speaks to more people because it's more approachable and it's more cinematic and it's more traditional as opposed to Elden Ring being this thing that is, hey, this is a hardcore-ass game. Like, you gotta, you kind of have to be a certain kind of player to get all the way into this thing. Yeah, totally. It's going to be interesting, and I, I mean, I think you're right just with the with here at least of, of how it might shake out. But I do think that Elden Ring, at the end of the day, is likely to win more outlets game of the year than than god of war ragnarok if, if only because god of war ragnarok is a sequel to an already game of the year winning franchise but yeah. elden ring kind of really feels like the the moment the culmination moment for them um and i feel like they're gonna get their flowers for that despite sekiro winning game of the year at game awards even right just a couple of years ago but i think that this is different right elden ring was like was a revolution uh, for for a lot of game gamers and like really got a lot of people into that style of game for the first time. So um, what I'm interested in is where things like Kirby fall, right? Like, mm. cause to me so far, Sifu's still my number one. And I, I'm honestly going to be surprised if Ragnarok beats it because I think that Sifu did. Wow. And there is just something about the freshness. There's something about it being a new thing that is like exciting. Um, despite God of War in my mind, like I'm going in God of War expecting to think it's a 10. You know, and it's like yes. I, and I think I think that to me it probably will be, and unless it lets me down. But from everything I'm hearing, it's not going to. Having said that, though, game of the year to me means a little bit more. Um, but I, I think Kirby Kirby deserves a little bit more love, and I don't know what the vibe totally is. I kind of funny with it. I don't remember where mm. everyone's at, but um, fantastic video game. And at the very least, bless, we're about to have potentially the greatest game awards orchestra medley that we've ever oh had oh my god yeah because I, I can't wait to hear that kirby music just bang. Well, my, my, my question for for you tim you know usually we do our game awards predictions and i don't think we do nominations for that because we usually do the predictions after the nominations come out so just speaking on predicting on nominations like you know five games five to six games get nominated what games do you think end up in there? I think the easy Ooh. choices currently would be Elden Ring, God of War. I could see Kirby in there. Kirby's, you know, Kirby. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kirby for sure. I, I think we get Kirby, God of War, Elden Ring. Those are locks. I, Horizon. I, Horizon. I can see Horizon in there. 
Uh, I'm gonna throw out, and this one would shock me, but it would make me happy. I would love to see Immortality in there. Mm. I think that one's tough because this year is the year of the indies, and there's so many strong ass indie games. And I think we're gonna get maybe two to three indies in there. The yeah. question, the question is, which ones? Is it gonna be Immortality? Is it gonna be Cult of the Lamb? Is it gonna be Neon White? Is it gonna be uh, Tinykin? Like, what are the indies that break through and make it in that way? Is it gonna be As Dusk Falls? There are so many dope ass indie games this year. Yeah. Um, see, I mean, Sifu alone. I, I'm gonna say Sifu's in there. I, I I feel like Sifu's in there, but we'll we'll have to see. It the recency bias and all that is a real thing, and like Sifu was a long time ago. Um, so I'd be interested. I do think that when it comes to these award shows, there's always that um the the split vote situation where it's like you know when it comes to similar type games or not even similar type, but like similar vibes or similar ideas like indie even being a a bucket right where indie games can mean anything but i can see them kind of splitting the votes in different ways so it's going to be an interesting year i think it's going to be a good year no matter what right like it's going to be a a fight uh at the at the top but also i think when you start getting down into the other award categories like action adventure or just uh action all that stuff i think it's i think we might get like a nice breath of um more games winning awards than we've seen in the last couple years um where i feel like usually it's like okay god of war won everything i don't think that's going to be the case although elden ring man it's elden ring dude has the juice is such a like i can't believe how many check boxes it it checks off in terms of all the things that it's doing right like thinking through the different categories like yeah game of the year if i was to pick right now i would give it to elden ring best soundtrack i would probably give it to elden ring best action adventure i'd probably give it to elden ring best action game i'd probably give it to elden like elden ring kind of checks every single single box and of course when it comes to voting i think oftentimes it is that thing of oh man you know elden ring can't win everything right so maybe we should give xyz game the nod for best action as opposed to elden ring because of course we know we we're going to give elden ring the game of the year thing right i think that conversation might might funnel down but yeah i think if there's any chance of any game like killing it in categories in that way it probably will be elden ring and i guess god of war too because god of war when you talk when you're breaking things down into individual aspects man like like... yeah when you're talking about polish like best performance God of War is probably in the running because I'm I, I can't remember exactly who won last time, but I would think that in 2018 God of War probably won best performance because I guess it'd be between that and Red Dead because there are some really good performances in Red Dead as well. Yeah. Either way, like those two games have it going in terms of their individual elements being polished as hell, and I could see that being the the, the back and forth. But I hope that we see more um, you know varied inclusions because there are like this this year I think has so, so much opportunity for like a lot of the indie games coming up and, and, and getting shout outs. Cause again, there's a lot of good, a lot of great games this year yep. that bring a lot of different things to the table. Absolutely. Bless. Uh, looking at kind of funny.com slash you're wrong, where you can correct us when we get things wrong. We nailed it. Bless little, little adding, oh, yeah. little editorializing, but no Look corrections us. looking good. And um, next week's hosts are Monday, Greg and me Tuesday, blessing me Wednesday, blessing Greg Thursday, blessing me Friday, me and bless. A lot of me. It's exciting times. Love to be here. The kind of funny studios. Love to have spare you here, bedroom. Too. Love having you there. I'd rather... There's two of you. This is so weird. <laughs> this is so <laughs> weird to say. I'm the bigger one. The bigger <laughs> one is me. If you're watching live after this, uh, you got a little taste of it, but you're going to get more Ghostbusters with Greg and Mike. That's going to be a lot of fun. You can check that out on twitch.tv slash games. If you're watching live, you can just stay here. Or if you're watching on youtube.com slash games, you're going to have to go find the other live stream because we have to cut the Games Daily one to go over there. So go, go. It should be there now. You can be able to, to just pop in. So then when they start, you're like, whoa, we're busting ghosts. But anyway, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.